0: Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960.
1: The
2: Fan. Hey, everybody. Kelly Kirsch. Thanks for uh, keeping us around today. We appreciate it. Busy show as we've got Brendan Batchelor from our sister station in Vancouver. Sportsnet 650. He called uh, an interesting game last night as the Canucks were badly outshot but win and extend that series against the Golden Knights, which will go tomorrow. We'll have that one for you. So we'll talk to Batch and kind of get what he what he saw Um, do that as well. i got a few other things to kind of uh, talk to Logan Gordon, our producer, about today. We'll do that in segment number three, but first, let's kick off the show with Lou.
0: Flames insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca
2: Peter, before we get to the uh, games uh, from last night, let's talk about the trade today. As uh, Jake Allen, who, uh, the thing that I, it's funny when you look at this stuff, he's like, he's 30? When did that happen? Well, <laughs> he is, <laughs> and yeah. he is now a Montreal Canadian, as they they wanted some help for Carey Price to, to lessen the load a little bit as Carey gets older. Um, your thoughts on the trade as uh, the Blues um, receive a, a third, no, well, second and a seventh round pick. This, this
0: well comment. i'll get I'll, I'll get to the easy part of it and to me the easy part of it is assessing from a st louis standpoint so um you know a year ago you had jordan Bennington kind of steal the show in the hockey world took them from dead last in early january to winning the stanley cup and was a massive piece of that so Um, In Jordan, you have somebody that's a little younger you've already won a Stanley Cup with, and you feel very, very good about that. And upcoming, you have two-time Finnish World Junior goaltender, Vili Huso, who they have high hopes for. He's 25 years old. He had a good, solid season in San Antonio, played in 40-plus games, pretty good numbers, so... Um, at a certain point, like any other business, when people are maybe able and ready to graduate, and Kelly especially in a flat cap situation, well, we know that those people become more important. And there's another factor. So, what is St. Louis going to do with Alex Petrangelo? Can they find a way for their captain to find the room and the money? to make a long term deal. So in moving out, you know, Jake's four plus million dollar salary to Montreal, then you've potentially carved some room and you have a goalie waiting in the wing. So that one makes sense to that particular point. And because I know we have it and we're on the St. Louis vein, let's hear from there, General Manager Doug Armstrong on the deal. Yeah, obviously with a flat cap next year and probably moving forward, uh, we, we wanted to create some some space for for this
3: summer. Also, I think jointly with that is, is trying to incorporate younger players into
0: our group. Billy Husso's is a player that we've had high hopes for and uh, we believe has earned his right to compete in the end for an NHL job. And uh, to do that, you have to create opportunity.
2: There, yeah, there he is uh, talking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's a veteran. That, that you know, Doug Armstrong's been around a long, long time. Very shrewd and uh, pretty, pretty candid in his in his answers. Very, yeah.
0: very candid. And you know, basically, and I had not heard the clip. Thanks to Logan, I knew that we had one to go to. But um, did he not just kind of echo exactly, you know, in a sense what I thought it was about? You know, he talked about. We have a flat cap, so we need things. We have a player in huso who at some point we have to find out. And Kelly, um, there's no marketplace like Calgary for a rotation of goaltenders to try and find out whether people are ready. But we also know this. You can't, and <laughs> I can hear you chuckling, um, how do you find out? if you really like someone and you know that you think they might be able to do it at the highest level, they have to get a chance to do it. So it seemed like the right thing may free up some money for whether it's Petrangelo or others. They have good young players, not only that we've seen, you know, when I start with Robert Thomas, who I think is a burgeoning star in the league. Um, So,
2: that and, you know, Tarasenko is going to go for, for more surgery. So, I mean, right. that's, a, that's a big question. So just let me get this, get this right, because I think I messed it up at the beginning. So the Montreal Canadiens have acquired goalie Jake Allen from the St. Louis Blues, and they get a seventh-round pick in 2022. In exchange, um, it's a third-round selection uh, and a seventh-round selection in 2020. And Allen, who is uh, 30 years of age, has one year remaining on his deal, and it carries a four point three five million dollar cap hit, which uh, which ain't cheap for a uh, backup goaltender. No. So that's interesting for Montreal because that's a that's a lot of money tied up in the in the goaltending position.
0: So as much as we've already touched on St. Louis, the fascinating group for me is the Montreal Canadiens, and they're fascinating. Um, And this is just a new chapter because the Canadians, they could fill a large yacht with the amount of picks, Kelly, and important picks that they have potentially to use come October 7th, October 9th, when the National Hockey League draft finally comes together. So they're in a very enviable position to have, you know, to Mark Bergevin's credit, He has, in a world of asset management, he's added a lot of assets. And even in Jake Allen, you know what he's done? He's added another asset. Now, originally, some of what I've read today, thought about is, okay, you've given maybe Carey Price a good backup, you can get him some more rest, so I'm good on that front, but Kelly, I'm not completely sold. That's what the end game is. I'm,
2: yeah, I'm you wonder not. if there's a, another shoe to drop or two or yeah. three shoes to drop with all of this.
0: For sure, because as you alluded to, and the math is pretty simple, now you're at 14.3 million in a flat cap world. Now, granted, Montreal is in a different position because they have a lot of young, good players, whether it's, you know, the breakout of Kotkaniemi, um, the unbelievable job that Nick Suzuki has done, the former star in Owen Sound, you know, who they acquired in a trade from Vegas. So they have a lot of assets. I'm just, I'm not convinced that, you know, you're going to be okay. And maybe they are, because they do have the ability to go really, really young. But I know what the market's like, too. They want more. And and they need to see more. So they have a lot of assets. I think the Canadians might be the most interesting team of any to watch and what's going to be, we think, depending on health and, you know, if indeed a new season gets going in the December area. And, and I know, Kelly, we've talked about this on and off the air. I don't know if either one of us are 100 percent ready to buy in on the next season starting that soon let's hope, i'm i'm certainly hoping it does for sure for a lot of different reasons but you know what does montreal do that seems like a lot of money in one position but jake is an asset whether you move him and
2: yeah I, like, here's
0: know. here's the other one and then i'll let you react okay. 10 million dollars at his age And for me, Carey Price is the best in the world. I still feel that way. I really do. But depending on your organization and where you are and what you need and where you're trying to get to, and there's a lot of term left too. So it's not an easy contract to move. But I even thought last summer, I really did. Could the Colorado Avalanche be in a position, for example, with some of their great young pieces – could they be in a position to afford and make that kind of a move to say, we're in a window with McKinnon and company, and it's right now, could we do it? So, you know, maybe that isn't out of the realm either. And I'm not sure, you know, if if Montreal could make the right deal, have good goaltending, you know, to get them into a position, because I don't know about you, and, and there's a lot of different ways to look at this. I think the hardest thing about running any organization, especially in professional sports, is when are you truly ready to win?
2: Yeah, and, and how and, and how long and, is that right. window really open for? And right, I right. Mean, we had uh, Chris Johnson on on yesterday, and he you know kind of made it made it simple. It's like man, there's a lot of hockey teams in the NHL, and you know getting another one pretty soon here. Just, just pure math ways. It, it's, it's not like the seventies oh. and eighties. I mean, it's, it's no. hard to make the playoffs. Hard to get good at the playoffs, and the, and then you know how many times to get a chance at that? I mean, you know, for every Los Angeles King and Chicago Blackhawk and Boston Bruin, you know, there's there's a bunch of teams that thought they were on the right track and just couldn't do it. I, I Lou, I'm fascinated, and Logan, you can jump in here too. I think the the thing to watch here in October, after they get uh, the Stanley Cup all awarded, is where do all these goalies go and what do they make? There's a bunch of bunch of UFA's out there. There's a bunch of guys that you wonder, you know, what happens? Do they have a little bit more of a goaltending question in in Vancouver with Thatcher Demko having one game, obviously uh what happens with Markstrom and and all these other guys and you know Brayton Holtby obviously you know uh they're they're back up in Washington got, got injured they're not sure if he can come back i mean this is going to be fascinating from the and what what can you pay these guys too and do you trade somebody and like what what is and how does this work for Calgary too
0: well there's there's so much there kelly to unpack and i've had some conversations even in the last couple of weeks about we would all, I think, agree that in the sport there's probably not a more important position and there probably isn't a more important position. Can't even say at this time of year, but that's where we are. We're in the middle of the playoffs and trying to award a Stanley Cup. So whether it's September or whatever, it's still the same for me. Um, But you're right. So you think about, laner you think about markstrom you think about Holtby. like at their age at this point in a flat cap world like how much are you really willing to pay a goalie and i'm going to add one caveat to that and i think it's important and and logan i know that you'll have a real good feel because of the conversations i've heard you have recently on the air well i'm only probably gonna think about that if I, if that to me is kind of the one missing piece, because if I don't feel like the rest of my team is in that place, that's where assessing it, you know, and that's the hardest thing to do, whether you're Brad Treleving or Doug Armstrong or Mark Bergevin or for any of these guys. Um, you know, if I'm Calgary, I really want to be careful about, yes, I'd like to have someone but I still have David Riddick, and I heard Brad Treleving talk about the fact that as much as you know, it feels like we've thrown David out with the bathwater a little bit. Well, don't forget that he hasn't been around for very long. He's 27 years old. He's still kind of growing. He, you know, we, we've seen him now in one playoff game. But to be honest, you know, I'm not assessing that night. I'm not assessing that night for anybody. So uh, I love what the boss brings up, Logan, because. As as important as it is, unless I truly feel like this is a difference maker and somebody that puts me over the top, I, I'm not given. I don't know if I'm given a 30 or 31 year old guy any more than you know five or six million.
1: Yeah, and I think there's something to be said too about the devil you know. In you know in a lot of these situations too, if you're you know a team in one of these situations, even not unlike Calgary, I mean. If you know, you know what you know about Cam Talbot, and you saw what he can do this season, are you going to rush out for a more expensive option and, and take a chance on that, or are you more comfortable, you know, probably paying less for Cam Talbot than you are, you know, a hold B or a laner and or whoever it is to be your, you know, your true number one? If that's the case, I I think a lot of times if you can, you know, stick with what you know instead of taking those chances, especially in an off that's. Going to be, you know, probably unlike any offseason we've ever seen, just based on, you know, timelines and when the season will start. There's a lot that goes into this. And I think, you know, there's something to be said about dealing with players that you're aware of or have a good feel for. And I think that especially applies to the Calgary conversation when it comes to, to Cam Talbot and David Riddick.
0: But let me add one more that I probably should have started with, Logan, before I got to you. Here's the difference now, guys, in the NHL. In most situations, aren't we talking about two guys now rather than one? Yeah,
2: it's 1-1-A, one, one you know, that's what of they course. want
0: normally. So, Kelly, doesn't that kind of change how you look at having to pay people? You know, that more than anything for me is what's the overall price tag yeah. on that position? Especially, you know, we've kind of gone from a goaltending world where, yes, everybody would love to have a Carey Price or, you know, a Henrik Lundqvist or a Marty Biron, or Patty Waugh or all those people that, you know, it didn't seem like it was a big stretch to play in that 65 to 70 game window. Well, to me now, the split is more like, you know, let's say 55-30. I know the math doesn't completely add up, but you guys know where I'm going. Yeah. So, So when you look at it that way, if you truly, and I do, I'm one of those people, I think you've gone with all the pressure, how difficult it is to make the playoffs, Kelly, talking about what you did earlier, 16 in, soon to be 16 out. Well, I know this. I've, I've covered the league for a long time, a long time now. And here's the difference. And I don't know, maybe I'm not assessing it right, but I do know this. Games now in October and November feel really damn important. And it wasn't that long ago where, to me, it didn't quite seem that way. And why I bring that into the conversation is I think that has affected the goaltending position because of the strain and the importance of each and every regular season game that you play.
2: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't too long ago where you would just try and find a spot where you'd almost, I hate to say it, but sacrifice right. a game, right? Right. You'd play back to backs, okay? We have got Anaheim, Los Angeles. Oh, it's a late mm-hmm. start. You know what? Maybe the guys will play hard for him. We'll we'll put the backup in on on you know on our ten back to backs, and maybe somewhere else, maybe around the Christmas stretch. And that was about it. And you know, and in this city, there was a time where they were frightened to put uh, anybody in except uh, number thirty four when 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 Kip couldn't mm-hmm. go they were always trying to find somebody who wouldn't embarrass himself uh, and that was uh that cost them a few times cost them a playoff spot a few times and now now it's it's totally different now guys i guess if you think about it if if the schedule you know i'm being Mr cynical here going to start in february you're going to have some weirdness there right you're going to have some mm-hmm. games back to back and some weird travel in there you are going to absolutely have to have two guys that you absolutely trust in no matter what circumstance. And I think maybe uh, there's a third of the teams that that do that, a third of the teams maybe kind of, and there's a third that for sure don't have that.
0: I mean, you want, when do you really want to have the guy? This is when you want to have the guy that you can ride and go with and clearly you know, be a number one. But even these playoffs, and Kelly, I think it's important what you just said, is when do we kind of get back to a hockey world that is more of the norm rather than seasons starting in different places? Maybe length of season being different. Maybe the compactness of a season being different. Guess what? If you're Brad Treleving and other GMs in the league, like... Just I, I like these conversations because sometimes things go wrong, as they did for the Flames. You know, there's a ton of emotion even in listening to Brad, and and that's what makes Brad special. That I believe, like I want to hear people who are still sour and pissed off because I don't think we get to any place better until we feel that. Even though now you got a, as he talked about with Boom and the guys you know you got to settle it down and you he has a million he has a million more things actually Kelly now to think about because of the cap situation he doesn't know exactly what the schedule is going to mean he has needs he has wants he he has enough intel i truly believe to to do things and make some key moves but does he know what he's completely looking at for the next two or three years? He and, doesn't, he and doesn't. neither
2: do, does his uh, his counterparts. They're they're doing no, the same thing on those phone calls. That's why I'm a little surprised. We've had some some trades kind of already. Uh, surprised in a good way because now I think we're going to get a bunch more.
0: Well, well, we might, or maybe we won't. And you know, one thing that I've heard, and it's I think it's been brought up on our show, is you know because of. the the health world Kelly do you think and I don't know maybe you've heard something because you talk to people I don't talk to that make a big difference um do we think that an all Canadian division for next season is completely out of the realm I don't
2: No, uh, and we are I don't that's where Friedman and and Johnston are leaning towards and you might if you if you're looking at a shortened season uh, a few years ago, well, going back a ways now when they had a, a lockout and then they had a shortened season. Right, they just and had, they
0: played 48 games in that just, season. And they, they just played the West. The West played the West
2: and the East played the East. Right. You can do it that way too. I mean, there is a bunch of scenarios and all you can do is get as much information as you can. You know, nobody has a crystal ball. You can you can no. try it and, and you know what? If there's ever a time to say, you know what? we We went on the information we had and then it, you know, the rug got pulled from, from under us, and that's okay, too. But it'll be very interesting to see what what happens. As a PD of a sports radio station, I hope there's lots and lots of trades between now and <laughs> well, first part well, of October.
0: I, think, I, I I mean, the thing is, for for the team that we cover on a day-to-day basis, I mean, they've already, Brad alluded to the fact that I don't think we're going to have to wait too much longer in terms of knowing the direction that they want to go as far as, the coach coach is concerned. So, and that to me is, is one that I'm kind of watching the phone and checking in with others to get a better feel all the time as to, you know, it's coming. And when the flames decide it's time and it's, it's an important piece, but you know, even I, I thought about it as early as this morning, would a 60 game schedule guys be out of the realm? When you think about the number of Canadian teams, and maybe you play everybody 10 times.
2: Yep, that, that's a five possibility. At, five yep. at
0: home, five at home, five on the road. Uh, and then maybe, you know, listen, I, I sat on an airplane the other day on my way back here with, you know, one of Canada's better investigative reporters who is knee-deep in COVID, gentleman by the name of Grant LaFleche. Okay. And, you know, he talked about we're probably, even with vaccines coming and how that plays itself out. Now, it's one opinion, but this is a guy that works in it each and every day in his job and has won all kinds of different journalistic awards. You know, he thinks we're probably 12 to 18 months away from Normalcy? kind of settling, yeah, well, into the, whatever the new norm is going to be. So. You know, when you talk about the NHL schedule, I could definitely see a regionally based, for Calgary, an all-Canadian division where maybe it's a 60-game schedule. And boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, for next year's playoffs, could I see a bubble scenario again? I could. I yeah. really could.
2: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see when it, when it comes to, man, you just think of more questions as you go go through this. And you really don't. I mean, it's. I'm, I'm truly doing a month at a time, and I think most people are doing mm-hmm. that too. There's. It's almost pointless to uh, to plan past really October, November right now because you know the information. You don't have the it, info. You know, we don't know, and uh, it's it's interesting just to see. You know, Lou. Um, we're going to talk to Brendan Batchelor coming up in just a bit about yeah. the Canucks, but I want to get your opinion tonight, six o'clock. We'll have it for you on Sportsnet 960, the Fan. What is next? For Colorado, D- Dallas, like what, what, what is going to happen? I thought the <laughs> thought the officials damn near lost control of that game, and and there was so much chippy stuff. Logan and I talked about this a couple of days ago. Um, I thought, whoa, like this, like I thought this. I thought someone was going to get injured, but once it got to six two, then it was like, okay, it seemed like they were just going to run the clock out a little bit. It wasn't nearly as feisty. What what exactly do you think we're going to see in Edmonton come 6 o'clock tonight?
0: Well, I mean, listen. You want to talk about a world where you, I, Logan, everyone who's listening could use a crystal ball? you want to tell me how you're going to predict this one? I'll repeat it for you in case you missed it yesterday because you weren't on the show. Um, I, I'm not a massive racing fan. I have a son who is. And that series, to me, like, should be at the Daytona Speedway. Like, it's like NASCAR. Like, there's accidents. There's major turns. You never know what's going to happen in a pit stop. You know, the goaltending has been nuts. There's been way more goals. There's been great individual performances. Um, You know, who starts in goal tonight? You know, I think I know. But uh, did you ever see Michael Hutchinson being an option no and, and i didn't he know had, he was
2: still in the league actually i thought well, he retired
0: is, well it, it in Toronto, was they wanted him to because he couldn't make a save and he couldn't win a game this season as a backup and then moved around and found his way to a different organization and what did colorado do well they haven't had very good goaltending since grubauer went down franco is not available but what do they do in very predictable and I have like about nine tongues in cheek. They go out and get five before you can say Jiminy Cricket for yeah. the new guy. So uh, it's not a great answer, Kelly. And who, and who but is, I don't.
2: Who does Dallas this put thing in that? It's
0: been a car wreck. It's <laughs> been a car wreck. The, yeah, it's 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 actually been for me one of the most fascinating series I've ever witnessed because it is. It's a car. It's like a car wreck that you can't take your eyes off, yeah. and you can't afford to take your eyes off because every night it's kind of the same but it's different.
2: Yeah, it's it's something else. But they don't they <laughs> won't they won't do the NASCAR interview. That's my favorite part of when <laughs> I don't watch a lot of NASCAR. No. And, and and they'll they'll stick the mic in the guy's face, right? Yeah. And they're just awesome with their sponsors, right? So they'll ask him some question about the race oh, or, yeah. and then the guy goes, "Well, you know our our Bass Pro Shop Chevy really came out to, you know, to what?" The car. Yep. Oh I, yeah. They really I, I do that. Oh anyway. yeah.
0: The- Joe Gibbs racing this oh, and that. Oh my goodness, it's Yeah, funny. I know now. Now thanks to one person in my life, I I used to describe <laughs> and I, I hate to say it, but I used to describe NASCAR as put a penny in the toilet and flush. That's NASCAR. Well, Yeah, go fast and turn and left. <laughs>
2: exactly. I still have people that get mad at me for uh, Motorsports Monday. It was like 10, 15 years ago and people are still mad at me for having that on the air. It's like Okay, I took it off. I've made my piece. We've never put it on ever since, but I still get people going, you know what, that Motorsport Monday was a bad idea. Oh, yeah. so, okay, thanks a lot. Yeah, okay. Lou? That's, uh,
0: <laughs> that's, why, that's why it's not easy, right? Because in our world, that's a great place to end. Can we please everybody? No. Should we understand that we can't? Yes.
2: Yes. Lou, we'll talk tomorrow. Okay, Thanks.
0: Flames Insider Peter Lubardius brought to you by the Gemini Group. Imagine your life, your style, your home renovation should be a reflection of you. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit GeminiGroup.ca.
2: You never know, the uh, Peter Lubardius metaphor about NASCAR racing and the Dallas-Colorado series just might be our Bacardi spiciest moment of the week. You never know, it could be a hit, a big goal, maybe something, you know, Happens like in a press conference, like the uh, Tampa Bay uh, manager. That, that, that's in the running for sure. The spiciest, of the moment, uh, spiciest moment of the week. Uh, we'll post it to our uh, social media channels. We'll talk about it on the air on Friday, and uh, we'll have some fun with it. It's uh, all brought to you by Bacardi. It takes a real captain to make a bold choice, made with aged rum for smoothness and blended with natural spices. Try Bacardi Spiced for your next home game. Taking a break, we're going west, out to Vancouver. Brendan Batchelor, the voice of the Vancouver Canucks, will talk to Batch about what he saw last night and what is going to happen tomorrow as uh, Vancouver extends their season, and they have had quite the effort. We'll talk uh, with the Canucks play-by-play man next, right here on Hockey Central at Noon.
0: Hockey Central at Noon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
2: Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon making wait for Will Nault in Hour one of the big show coming up at 1 o'clock. Right now we'll talk more hockey and go out to Vancouver. And you heard him last night on this radio station, and uh, he's been doing a fantastic job. Brandon Batchelor with Corey Hirsch. Uh, Batch joins us now down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Batch, did you uh, you get a level list? Did you think the the Canucks had the game in that they had? Last night, to, to stretch things out, what were you feeling before you went into work uh, yesterday?
3: Yeah, it was, it was kind of hard to have a feel because this Canucks team has been a little bit unpredictable, and, you know, it's the first time we really saw them with their backs against the wall this postseason. So I wasn't necessarily sure of what to expect. I thought they would have a, an improved performance, but, you know, with, with how dangerous the Vegas Golden Knights are, Uh, an improved performance isn't necessarily enough. And with Thatcher Demko going into the crease as well, there were a lot of question marks there. He hadn't played in a a game or started in a game since, you know, March 10th, the Canucks last game before the pause and, you know, had just gone in and a little bit of a relief appearance uh, in game one of this series against Vegas when Jacob Markstrom was pulled. So it was really hard to predict and, to be honest, if you had told me that they would be outshot at the level that they were, uh, I would not have told you that, that they would have won that game, but they found a way. Demco had, uh, you know, the best goaltending performance that I've seen from him as a member of the Vancouver Canucks. And so they live to fight another day and we'll see what they have in store for us tomorrow night.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, there's, there's no easy way to uh, you can't get on a, on a, on a four, a third pairing or something like that or or whatever your goalie you're in there and it was baptism by fire and and he looked like he'd been playing all during the bubble I mean he was fantastic that's uh, somebody knew something you know um, that that is that is obviously more than just a hunch to put a guy in and know that he'd be okay
3: Yeah. And, you know, obviously their hand was forced with Jacob Markstrom being unfit to play. So, you know, he's got to go in. He's been their backup goaltender all year long and he has played well for them uh, in stretches. He did, you know, during the regular season. So, you know, he goes in. But, you know, for for a guy starting his first playoff game in a must win game, To look as calm and composed as he did last night, that's what impressed me the most is you know, he makes forty-two saves, but it's not like he was all over the place, you know, making five alarm bell stops and, and holding the puck out on the goal line. Like he just looked solid. And in many ways, he made the the number of saves he made look easy because he was always in position. He was always big, and he just let the puck hit him. And uh, you know, as another big goaltender size-wise in this Canucks organization, that's really when he's at his best. It's the same with Jacob Markstrom, too. When Jacob Markstrom is, you know, trying to attack the game, uh, he often finds himself out of position. But when, you know, you just use the fact that you're 6'6", and you let the puck hit you, then you're going to stop more shots than, than not in that scenario. And so um, for, for, for a young guy to go in, and to look that calm in a game that, you know, most of us would not be very calm if you us mm-hmm. into that situation. It says a lot about his demeanor and about, um, you know, maybe his long-term ability to be a starting goaltender one day in this league.
2: So now what? Because I was listening on uh, the other night uh, when uh, Vegas made the big comeback, except, I guess that was Sunday night, and uh, Corey is on with you, and he's going, all right. I, I think Markstrom's hurt. He's just taken too long to get up, and Corey should know. He played the position a long, long time. Is is it a possibility they go back to Markstrom, or is he still, you know, they're maybe not going to tell you, but what, what does your gut tell you? Do they go back to Demko, or do you think Markstrom is, is the guy for, for the next game?
3: So if, if Jacob Markstrom had been able to back up last night, then I would think that he might be an option. But the fact that they had him sitting in a suite rather than being on the bench and they went to Louis DeMing as the backup goaltender leads me to believe that, although you're right, they're not going to tell us anything. And Travis Green has been very tight lipped when it comes to any injury throughout this postseason, let alone to his star netminder. Uh, I I would be surprised if Jacob Markstrom starts game six. Uh, I don't believe that, that, he's healthy enough to go. Otherwise, you know, maybe he could have backed up last night. Yeah. So I think for right now, this is Thatcher Demko's crease. Now, if they're able to force a game seven and Markstrom gets an extra day, then do you look at maybe there's an option to throw him back in because game six and seven, assuming that the Canucks can force a game seven, are back-to-back. And so they've got to come right back on Friday and play Vegas again. Um, So maybe that's a situation where you can look at markstrom gets an extra day how is he feeling is he able to get out and and skate with goalie coach Ian Clark and can they turn to him in game seven by you know if I was a betting man right now I'd be betting that Thatcher Demko starts game six and if they win I would be betting that he starts game seven as well
2: Brendan Batchelor is the voice of the Vancouver Canucks on Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver he is our guest here on Hockey Central at noon we're also joined by Logan Gordon Logan
1: Brennan uh, Brock Besser has taken a lot of heat at different times throughout the postseason, but he certainly showed uh, the potential and the dynamic uh, offense that he's able to provide this team last night and what was a pretty important game for him.
3: Yeah, and a crucial goal for him to score at that time in the game. You know, right after Vegas opens the scoring, and uh, you know this series really has been dictated by whoever scores the first goal has the best chance to win. Um, you know, prior to last night, I believe Vegas was undefeated when opening the scoring in the postseason. So uh, for the Canucks to be able to respond that quickly was crucial. And for him to be the guy to get that response goal was crucial for him because uh, you're right. He has been under the microscope in Vancouver because of uh, a lack of offensive production here throughout the playoffs. And he still found a way to chip in occasionally with assists, but, you know, Brock Besser is a goal scorer when he's at his best, and he hasn't been scoring goals. So uh, that was important for him. Uh, from a Canucks fan perspective, you would hope that that might mean an opening of the floodgates and some more confidence for him, and uh, maybe an opportunity to to produce some more offense and help the Canucks continue this series. But um, you know, he's a guy that you know has signed a, his second contract in the league, a bridge deal, so he's getting more money now, and with more money comes more pressure and more scrutiny. And that's certainly what he's had to face here to the point where there's even been speculation in Vancouver about whether he's playing through injury because of, you know, how quiet he's been in some games. But uh, he showed last night the kind of player he can be for him. And, um, you know, with the way the game went, regardless of the fact the Canucks won, uh, you know, they, they didn't generate a whole lot in terms of shots, in terms of high danger scoring chances and that's going to need to change tomorrow night in Game 6 if they want to force a Game 7, and Brock Besser's going to have to be a big part of that.
1: I know this was a, a very long time ago, especially in a pre-COVID world, but uh, I suppose you remember the days when Vancouver Canucks fans questioned a, a first-round pick going to Tampa Bay in exchange for JT Miller. Uh, safe to say we won't be having those conversations anytime soon with uh, how well Miller's played throughout the regular season and continuing into the postseason.
3: Yeah, uh, absolutely, and you know that that conversation has really been put to bed now that the first round pick uh, has been moved on uh, eventually to the New Jersey Devils as they dealt it. Uh, the Lightning dealt it to New Jersey in the Blake Coleman trade, and then with the Canucks officially making the playoffs this year, it's this year's first round pick uh that that moves to new jersey and now that's not going to be a very high pick at all with how far the canucks have come even if they aren't able to win this series they're one of the last seven teams standing uh, in the playoffs now so uh that side of it has turned out well for this organization uh you know had they missed the playoffs this year it would have been an unprotected first round pick next year and you know you, you never like to play with fire and those sorts of scenarios and and then on top of it JT Miller has been one of their best players all season long uh you know there was a a solid argument made that he could even be the most valuable player from the team in the regular season although ultimately that went to Jacob Markstrom which I think was the right decision and he's continued to be a, a key player for them in this postseason he's got five points in the last two games uh you know he continues to 8 minutes for them and he's turned into a an important leader and an important voice in that dressing room especially in this covid era where they're playing games without fans because he's a very vocal guy and he you know asks a lot of his teammates and and tries to fire guys up and you know it seems like from some of the reports we've been getting out of the bubble in edmonton the the loudest teams are often the teams that have more success because they're generating energy that way. And on top of the fact that, you know, he was a 27 goal scorer in the regular season and he's been a huge point producer for them again in the playoffs. He's, he's kind of become one of those glue guys uh, for this group too. So uh, that trade has certainly turned out very well for Jim Benning and the Canucks management group.
1: I'm curious what you make of uh, the Vancouver Canucks special teams, especially in this series against Vegas. Uh, it seemed as though the Canucks' power play really was a, a valuable asset throughout the uh, series against Minnesota, and then especially against the Blues. But things have kind of dried up for them, and they've struggled to find you know offense on the special teams end of things. Is it for you? Is it more of a Vancouver thing, or is it more they've run into a, a very elite penalty killing team in in Vegas? And I don't want to undersell how, how good I think Vegas has been, but that Canucks' power play looked really good going into the series, and it's kind of gone quiet. Uh, at least through five games.
3: Yeah, the Canucks' power play has kind of been hot and cold throughout the season. Even though they were the fourth best man advantage in the league during the regular season, they still went through stretches where they struggled to score. And you know, part of that is is likely down to the fact that they still have some very young guys on that man advantage. Even though you know players like Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes are showing themselves to be elite players in this league. Um, You know, they're still not as experienced as many other guys and many other penalty killers uh, that they're going to face. So yeah, it has been quiet for them uh, with the exception of of game four, where they get a couple of goals and, you know, ultimately they don't end up winning that game because they cough up the three, two lead going to the third period. But um, you know, I think Vegas is, is a good penalty killing team I think, you know, at times the Canucks have struggled gaining the attacking blue line. And that, you know, isn't even just in this series. They went through their their struggles with that uh, against the St. Louis Blues as well. Uh, but make no mistake about it, the power play is going to be crucial for them going forward if they want to continue to, to you know, have another day to fight in, in these playoffs. And, you know, you look at the game yesterday, it's a one-goal game. They go 0-3 for 3 on the power play. Uh, a goal on the man advantage would certainly have uh, done them well in terms of giving them a bit of breathing room. But um, you know, really, all season long, we've talked about the the recipe for success for this Canucks group has been to get better goaltending than the other team and capitalize on their advantage on their opportunities with their key players chipping in, whether that's on the power play or at even strength, and uh, it didn't come on the power play in last night's game, but you look at the two guys that scored the goals, Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson, those are guys that you have to rely on for offense. Um, so so that really sort of is the playbook for the Canucks to, to win games all season long. It's definitely the playbook for them to win games in this series against a Vegas team that, that let's be honest, is a better hockey club than the Canucks are. The Canucks are, are firm underdogs here, and it's easy to see why with – the way that many things have gone in this series so it would make it a lot easier on themselves if they are able to be more productive on the power play going forward
2: and what about the uh i mean 43 shots against, not going to cut it so they gotta they gotta get that under control i wouldn't want to play with fire too many times with that so to kind of kind of re rethink their defense and, and try and limit vegas with with their chances obviously is key for tomorrow
3: Yeah. And, you know, I think that really starts with their forecheck because Vegas is such a quick transition team that if you don't get right on top of their defensemen, then they're able to move the puck out of their own zone very quickly and get it to those skilled forwards who can then hem you in your own zone. And, you know, you get into a vicious cycle where you get hemmed in your own zone, Uh, you get the puck out. Uh, you've got to just skate it to center and dump it in because you're exhausted from playing in your own end. You change and therefore you don't establish your forecheck. And then the golden Knights come right back the other way. So that would be a key for me, for the Canucks going into game six is you've got to get in on the forecheck. You've got to take away time and space from the Vegas defense and guys like Shay Theodore, who are so gifted at, at getting the puck back up the ice so that you're not having those sustained shifts where, uh, you're stuck in your own zone and giving up shots and giving up scoring chances, and instead you can try and dictate the game at the other end of the ice a little bit more than certainly they did
2: last night. Well, Brendan, it's been awesome listening to you and Coria uh, here in Alberta, and we'll continue to do that as long as the Canucks keep rolling. Uh, have fun with it tomorrow night. We'll be listening. Yep, yeah,
3: thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it.
2: There we go, Brendan Bachelor down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. They uh, they're open. They've done the precautions. You can dine in, you can take out, and get it delivered. They've got amazing food there. If you want the pizza, you want the pasta, you want the ribs, you want the steaks. They've been doing it right since 1975. <laughs> you can check them out at 6060 Memorial Drive in the Northeast. We're going to take a break and we'll uh, reset what we saw last night and what maybe we think we can see uh, tonight up in Edmonton as the Stanley Cup playoffs continue right here on Sportsnet 960. This is Hockey Central at Noon.
0: Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960.
2: The Fan. Kelly Kirsch, Logan Gordon, making way for Will Nalt and hour one of the big show. Steinberg will join at 2 o'clock. And we've got some hockey for you tonight. Just like we've had for the uh, last several nights. It's awesome driving around to catch up and just see what's going on. Uh, Not a doubleheader tonight. Just just one game. Logan, we've got, uh, I'm not sure what to expect up in Edmonton tonight. Because uh, that series has been crazy. Colorado-Dallas, a must-win for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Don't know what the goaltending situation is going to be for either team, but I heard you guys talking about it yesterday. It's like, you know, if you're Dallas, you got to go back with Hudobin, right? You you can't possibly put Ben Bishop in. That would be stupid.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I can't imagine that... I mean, I think he's healthy because they started him, but he sure doesn't look like a healthy Ben bishop out there, so no,
2: and when he's not right, he is really not right big tall guy he's awkward, and it i just when he blows up, he really blows up, so that is uh that is happening uh tonight six o'clock we'll go to Edmonton, and then tomorrow we'll join Philadelphia and the Islanders in progress at six and then see what happens if uh if the Canucks got another game in them, see if they can force a game seven against the golden knights that'll be uh quarter to eight eight o'clock by the time we get to it unless we have overtime and then we'll just kind of delay it because that's what we do um i should mention i don't know uh about this raptor thing i'm not having the best of luck when we put raptors games on so um they were winning and then they lost so i blame peter klein is that fair i would
1: think yeah no yeah. that's 100 yeah, percent fair okay
2: So we're not sure what's happening with with the... You know, we're going to get the schedule right and figure out when we can put those games on again. So we'll find that out for you. Um, What you guys got coming up uh, today on the the big show? What's the plan?
1: Uh, Well, we'll get into the Vancouver goalie controversy that's suddenly popped up with Thatcher Demko having a uh, big game for the Canucks.
2: Yeah, you guys had... uh Markstrom basically signing with Colorado. I, I heard that yesterday. I thought that was kind of cute.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, you got uh, well, to provide it's obvious, you like you can.
2: You know, we got the room, and he's yeah. really good, and uh, wouldn't you want to play for us instead?
1: Yeah, yeah you know, that's how these things go. So I'm sure we will uh, we might manage to get our goaltending analyst on the line in the 1 o'clock hour and uh, see what he makes of uh, the Demko-Markstrom controversy as Brent Cronell joined the program and then... Uh, uh-uh. Of course, the Flames roundtable later on this afternoon, and uh, get you through the afternoon, get you ready for Colorado and Dallas.
2: Ask uh, Ask Croner. We had uh, Matt Stajan on uh, earlier this morning, and he was saying that Croner may have uh, mm, what's the word exaggerated his NHL career to the young impressionable kids on the ice. Mm. So okay, yeah.
1: Well, we'll definitely have that conversation. It ask as it because he that-
2: he said, "Well, I played with Jerome Ginla and Jamie Ben." And- did you? Did you, though? Did you? Anyway, so we'll, we'll, we'll get the scoop with Croner. I think that's the first question. I, I vote Will Nault can, can do that because they get along so well. Oh, my goodness. So it'll be a busy show today. we got hockey at 6, and Will Nault ready to go at uh, around the corner here. Pat in after 2 o'clock. It is uh, Hockey Central right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.